Well, hey, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name is Matt, and we are here to talk to you about how we love to help Christians make sense of the roots of their faith so that they, in turn, can provoke the Jewish people to jealousy, help the Jewish people make sense of who Jesus is. Now I'm here with my dad, Ron. Say hi. Hey, how you doing? We've got a great one coming up this morning. Yeah, we actually have a lot of great ones a lot coming of, up. Yeah. This is our season. I think that out of everything that we have going, when I'm talking about the Olympics, when we talk about all things Jewish, this is the Passover season. We're finally here. Yeah, this the, the, this is great. This is, uh, the church calls it the Passion Week. We know it is Passover, and there is so much to cross over that bridge to find out uh, what happened uh, in the roots of the faith. Yeah. Now, we're actually in a different spot. We're not in a bunker, you know, several layers underground. Uh, we're actually in an upper room. Uh, tell me about where we're at right now. We we are out in the middle of uh, central Kentucky in a little place called Nicholasville, and we're actually up, up in the upper part of a barn. Yeah. But it's not your usual barn. There's no horses or cows down below. No, they're all outside, though. It's This is fancy schmancy. Yeah, this is great. And we actually uh, came here because we are planning for an upcoming Passover Seder. And that's going to be, for those of you who are local yokels is what we call you, um, we're going to be doing a Passover locally uh, right here in central Kentucky. It's going to be on Saturday, April 9th. And you can go to thejewishroad.com slash Seder. S-E-D-E-R, and you can sign up if you want to join in. Uh, and so that's, we're actually going to be doing the Seder right here in this beautiful event barn. Yeah, there are going to be a lot of people here, and uh, we will be here live uh, doing a whole Passover with everybody. Yeah, and then in the meantime, we'll also be all over the country, and we're going to be a really, like starting in this next week, we're going to be hitting all over the place. Oikevald. Yeah, so man, get the frequent flyer miles out there, and we're going to be all over the place, and Marriott will be our friend, and all the fun rental cars, so you can see where we're going to be, and if you're local uh, to those places, then you'll be able to join us, and on our website, there is a tab there that says on the road, and you can check in with us. The other thing that we're doing here at this place, or that we did, uh, was actually last week, uh, we came together here in the upper room of a barn. We're not in the upper room of Jerusalem, so we did the next best thing, and uh, we came here, and we shot a course on Passover. Yeah. What, what does that oh, mean? Oh, it was a great course. It's on the entire story of Passover. We uh, did the whole course in 10 uh, separate video lessons, and you uh, can access that. Tell them how. We're getting it finished up. So by the time this releases, it might not be totally ready, but very, very soon, There'll be something that pops up on the website at thejewishroad.com, and you'll be able to go there, and you'll be able to download the the Passover course. And so whether or not we're able to come out to you, uh, you'll actually be able to bring us in. And we say 10 courses. They're all about 15 minutes or so each. And we walk through all of the different elements of a Passover Seder. So if you couldn't take us, bring us to your place, um, this is an easier way for you to to get a small group together. You can do some of your own personal study and really take this in, especially as we head into that Passion Week. And we'll, we'll have PDFs and things that they can download and uh, assist them in discussions of all this stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So all of that will be there and available for download. So lots of good stuff. And that's the reason that we feel a little bit uh, bedraggled and all over the place and a little bit scattered. For, for Blungeon. For Blungeon. What is that? Is that Yiddish? 
Yeah. That's Yiddish, yeah, yeah, for a bunch of... If it's a word I don't understand. Yeah. It's, but you know what it means. I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Is it for blunged, for klempt, oigewalt. Yeah, all Yiddish. It's all good <laughs> stuff. Hey, we should talk about Yiddish sometime. We should get somebody on and we just do the whole podcast for our Yiddish audience. Oh, boy, that would be great. We have to get a Yiddish audience first. <laughs> <laughs> There's four of them in uh, lower Manhattan. Yeah. Maybe good. Williamsburg. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Hey, uh, I have a joke. This is a little bit of Passover Jewish humor. Are you ready uh, for this? Uh, is, it, is this straight from the Catskills? Mm, it's okay. It's actually from Europe. Does oh. that work? Yeah, it's good enough. All right. It's about the queen. Is the queen Jewish? The queen, the queen is not Jewish. The queen, she's Jewish, but not the queen. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So here, here's how it goes. There is a British Jew, and he's waiting to be knighted by the queen and he has his instructions right so all he has to do is kneel in front of her and recite one sentence in latin when she taps him on the shoulders with her sword uh-huh. now he's waiting in line and his turn comes and he panics in the excitement of the moment and he oy. forgets the latin oy, oy, oy. So what am i you, supposed to say yeah so this is a knight who's real quick on his feet so he's thinking fast and he recites the only other sentence that he knows in a foreign language and oh. he got this from the passover seder oh let me let me guess yes Manish Tanah Halayla Hazem Mikol Halaylot. That's right. Hi. <laughs> the good Manish Tanah. You know, so he goes up to the queen and she's knighting him. It's supposed to be Latin, but he's throwing out this Hebrew phrase, Manish Tanah. And the queen, she's puzzled. And, you know, her majesty turns to her advisor and whispers, Why is this knight different from all other knights? <laughs> <laughs> the knight meaning the guy. Yeah. So uh, good one. It's not good if you have to explain the joke. Yeah. But we might have to explain the joke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a little, a little bit, and uh, you know, even if everybody gets it, it's a part of Jewish to explain the whole thing. And it's actually a good transition because that that phrase "manish tana halila hazemi kohalelo" it is. It, it's it's a question that leads to all of a, all the other questions, and all the questions lead to all the answers, right? Manish Tanat means, why is this night different from all other nights? Now, not the yeah. K-N-I-G-H-T, but this actual, this evening. The, why is this evening? What, what's, yeah. what's the basis? Where does this question come from? Well, the, I think this is, the basis of that is the fact that God is going to visit the Jewish people, and he is going to bring them out according to his promise, out of Egyptian slavery and bondage, and bring them to the promised land. That's the goal. And so when you do Passover, things are different, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that, that's actually the thing, it, it's, it's the catalyst that, that makes this question come up. Things are, are different, and this is a question that the kids, they take part in the Passover Seder, and this question is one that they bring up. In fact, it, there's a part in the Seder where it's the four questions, the Manish Tanah. So the kids come up and they, they ask, why is this night different? What, what are some of the things that are different on a Passover Seder evening? Well, Typical Jewish home. Yeah, they might ask, uh, on all of the nights we eat leavened or unleavened bread. Why on this night do we only eat matzah, unleavened bread? On all other nights we may eat sitting or reclining. Why on this night do we only recline? On all other nights we eat all kinds of herbs and vegetables. Why on this night do we only eat bitter herbs? Um, and then there's there's talk of of how we uh, dip on all other nights. We dip our vegetables once, once on why, this night. Why why on this night twice? Right. So it, what what is really interesting about this, and and we pick up the story of the uh, Exodus and God's deliverance. I mean that is one 
uh, part of the deliverance, and we pick it up in Exodus 12 of how God is going to do this. But interestingly, as we go uh, into a later part of Exodus 12, around verse uh, 26, it says, when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You see, we've been talking about what our kids might say to us. Well, God already anticipated the fact that your kids are going to say something. And he says, when your children ask you, what do you mean by this service? You'll say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of the people of Israel while they were in Egypt, when he struck the Egyptians and spared our houses. That is referred to as Lador Vador in the Jewish community. And Lador Vador means from generation to generation. Yeah. There's something that takes place, and it's a value of ours. We're actually just talking to a uh, pastor from the Southern Baptist movement around here in Kentucky, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and he's talking about it's, it's hard because you, you have the church uh, here in America that is in, in many ways dying out without the next generation being handed the torch. There's something that takes yeah. place at, at bar mitzvah. Is that my bar mitzvah? Yeah. Is that my kid's bar mitzvah? Is that my bar mitzvah? Even your bar mitzvah. It's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, what's interesting is, uh, and this is part of the tradition, it's part of the service, it's, it's what we do, because in preparation for a bar mitzvah, that is a son, becoming a son of the covenant when you're 13 years old, you study your Hebrew, you read from the Torah, and in our tradition, in the Messianic tradition, we don't just read or chant the Torah, our children do that but they also teach what that passage is that they were reading because it doesn't do any good to just read it and not know what you read. So they're teaching it. And we are passing that uh, to every generation. And we do that by, for example, I held the Torah. I passed it to Matt, my son. He passed it to Noah, his son, and then to Jed, his son, when Jed's bar mitzvah was. And so we're passing God's word and his teaching from generation to generation. It's a live illustration of something that's supposed to take place on an everyday level as and we mo- walk with God. Yeah, and most of the time when kids are asking questions, I mean, the miracle, the true miracle of Passover is that the kids only had four questions, right? Because if you have kids, <laughs> they're asking lots of questions oh, oh yeah. all the time. But Questions need answers, right? And, and so most times in the Jewish home, a kid asks a question, you get one of three answers, right? Especially in a Jewish home, yeah. the first answer is, it's tradition. It's tradition. Right? So that, what that really means is we don't know, but we just do it because we've always been doing it. Right. Right. So that's one answer. The other one is, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Right? It's just, you're, you're asking too many questions, kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or the, the third answer could be, go ask somebody else. Yeah. Right. Go ask, go ask grandpa, go ask yeah. papa. Yeah. Yeah. So, but these, these questions, they do beg an answer. And boy, that was a good 11 minute setup for us to really get to this point of what we're doing. The questions that we are answering have everything to do with the story that takes place in the first act. This is in the book of Exodus and it's the story in Egypt. Well, now, when we say the first act, we're talking about the first act of a two act play, which is the paradigm of our ministry. You're assuming that this is the first podcast that they've ever heard us listen to. Oh, sorry. That they've ever heard us. I take that back. There you go. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that we have the diehards who have been here since episode one. Yeah. 
But yeah, we do talk about that really what we're trying to do is tell this story in two acts. And really, there's no story that does it better than this Passover story. So here's here's the plan. And I have a really strong feeling that it's going to derail very quickly. <laughs> but we're going to... It's part of the tradition. Yeah. I mean, so we have a couple notes down here, uh, but we're really mostly just going to be speaking pretty extemporaneously and... Here, here's the, the movement that we're going to try to make over the next couple of podcasts. And who knows? Maybe it'll be 10 podcasts. Maybe it'll be nothing and we'll have nothing to say. So... What we want to try to do over the next couple few podcasts, um, we have some like a just a general outline of notes, but we want to we want to answer these questions, and we want to do that in in kind of three phases. Uh, that first phase is what is that story that takes place in Egypt? That is Act One, right? Yeah. And so we want to go through this first Act story and walk through the Exodus account of the Israelites coming out of Egypt. Yeah, we'll just call that the story of Egypt. Story of Egypt. Ah, you simplified it so well. Thank you. Yeah. The second part that we want to move into is the second act, the New Testament, New Covenant. The In Hebrew, we say the Brit Chadashah, mm-hmm. and that would be, what is Jesus doing with this first act story some 1,400 plus years later? Yeah, and, and this is the part of the story that has tremendous implications for us, for all who will uh, follow in the footsteps of the Messiah, and uh, that is the, you know, the the point that the Passover story was the story in Egypt was pointing to. Ultimately, was the story that was going to take place in Jerusalem. Yeah, and then really how we want to end it, if this thing will ever end, if we can land the plane, yeah. <laughs> then uh, we'll talk about the story today. Um, what is the implication for us as we are living out? Uh, really, in the last days of this second act, and uh, we haven't really decided whether what is to come, if we're going to call that Act Three, or if that's an extension of Act Two. Yeah, uh, we got to say, is that in the New Kingdom? Is that going to be Act Three? Yeah, we'll have to. We uh, haven't really talked I, that. I out. think I think it can be uh, Act Two B. Two B. All right. It is what is to be. Oh, I knew that was... I, the second it came out, I said, oh, he's going to do something awkward with that. Perfect. Thank you for not letting me down. Well, let's do this. Uh, let's start way back in the beginning, in Act 1. Here we go. The story in Egypt. And the big question is, how did we get here? How did we get here? That's uh, that, that's a good question. And uh, if, if you go back to the story, you've got to go back to Genesis... And you go back to the story in Genesis, and you find uh, the patriarch uh, Jacob uh, is in the land of Canaan, and they are in the midst of a famine in the land, and he sends his sons to Egypt to buy food. Uh, and lo and run, behold, who you know, do they meet? Oh, they run, they run into Joseph, and uh, their brother cousin? Joseph, oh, brother, uh, yeah. haven't seen him in 20 years. They sold him into Egyptian slavery because uh, they didn't like him, they hated him, they wanted to get rid of him, Threatened they wanted him. to kill him. Yeah, uh, I would say Reuben saved him from that fate. At some point in time, as he was down in the pit and they were sitting there eating lunch, uh, they saw these Midianite traders coming down the road and said, why should we uh, kill him? We can make a few bucks here. 
and sold him to the Midianites who took him into Egypt. And so Joseph is in Egypt. The question is, how do the rest of the clan get down there into Egypt? Uh, And ultimately, Jacob sent his sons a couple of times down there. And the second trip down there, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers, and they, they have this great reunion. And he says, go back and bring my father and the rest of the family down here. I've got a great place for you to stay. And so Jacob goes with all of the rest of the family. And how many people went down there into Egypt? Well... There's a little debate about that. Yeah, 70, 70 or, or 75. Right. That's another uh, podcast. Yeah. I, I, th- I think we're safe in saying 70 people went down into Egypt. I feel I'm safe with that. Funny. I feel safer with 75. Yeah. That's okay. interesting. Well, you well, know, let's, let's it, debate that This is that a next part time. of Jewish tradition of, uh, 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 th- that happens with every Jewish discussion. It's the greatest tradition of Jews not to agree. Well, and, so. you know, we have, a, we have a service. We have some people out. How many people do you think came? Nah, 70. Now nah, it's at least 150. Yeah. The question is, how would they survive until 2022 A.D.? That is miraculous when you consider the fact that the Hittites and the Moabites and the Jebusites uh, and a hundred worthy powers all went under in that time. Yeah. And so... We're still uh, here. We're here. We're here. I mean, the enemy has tried to get rid of us, but you just can't get the last one. So let's make a pivot here because... I thought we were going to go one way, but I think we need to do something else here. So Mm. Joseph and the whole family, they're there. They're in Goshen. Um, You know, Egypt has always been known as the land of plenty. The Nile is a really great help with that, right? It it floods every every spring, and that water comes out. The silt pours out. It's the most fertile land, and it's always been known as the land of plenty. And Israel, this family, they score because they show up there. In fact, I saw something. Um, Goshen, where they're at, right? Mm-hmm. There was one of these things. Uh, it was uh, the BBC. Somebody they put out this thing about the the most fertile farmlands in all of the world. Now, there's a couple in the top five that are right here in like central uh, in in America in our in our central farming valley, um, and they said that they they boasted that they had. Six feet, they had a cutaway, six feet of topsoil uh-huh. you could see with very good growing land, right? So that we have a lot of agriculture here. Right. But in Goshen, this is the Nile Delta right up there. In Goshen, it's not six feet of topsoil. They say it's about a hundred feet wow. deep of topsoil. Yeah. This is this is the land of plenty. Yeah. And and God allowed Jacob and Joseph and his family to yeah. be there and to rest there. Yeah. And it was a good chunk of time. And, and what's interesting is when Joseph is bringing his family down, he says, we have a really good place for you. It's in this land of Goshen. And when you come down here and when Pharaoh asks you what you do, tell them that you're shepherds <laughs> because they don't like shepherds and they'll put you in this little place in the corner here and it's a really good place. Yeah. And they said, all right. Let's do it. This will work. Now, Joseph is about to die. I'm fast forwarding. We just mm-hmm. took a really dark turn yeah, in the story. we're up to chapter 50. Chapter 50, and it says in verse 22, it says, So Joseph remained in Egypt, he and his father's house, and Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation and go through all that. But here's, here's the thing in, in verse 24, and this is critical, and it sets up the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will visit you. Yeah. There'll be a visitation. God will visit you and bring you up out of this land 
to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. And then Joseph dies, 110 years old. And then the last verse, the last sentence of all of Genesis, they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in In Egypt. Egypt. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. The book of Genesis starts out with God and his creation and ends up with a coffin in Egypt. And I'm sure when, you know, Joseph has three, four generations there who have been in Egypt. We have about, from from the last time that we hear about Joseph in Genesis, after Jacob dies, till this point in time when Joseph is getting ready to die, we have about 60 years of silence in that period. And in that 60 years of silence, the, the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren are all growing up. They live in Egypt. Egypt is their home. They went to school in Egypt. They got their first jobs in Egypt. They met their wives in Egypt. They grew up in Egypt. And all of a sudden, Joseph says to them, God is going to visit you and take you out of this place. And I'm sure they would be turning around and saying to him, what are you talking about? You know, we grew up here. I met my wife here. We got married. We had our children. This is home. You know, just in the same way, I think that American Jews, after so many generations, I'm just the second generation born here in this country, but if you get down to the third and the fourth generations, they might say, listen, we, we are Americans. We live here. What are you talking about? We're going to go back to Israel. Um, so it's kind of like the same thing with Joseph and his children, but Joseph's awareness, which never left him from chapter 37 all the way through chapter 50 of the presence of God in his life constantly ends his life with that one thing that he says to his family, God is going to visit you and take you out of this place and bring you to the land that he swore to our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, let me talk. You're talking too much. All right. Here's where there's a connection between Act 1 and Act 2. This comes up. Now, think about the whole life of Joseph, all the great things. Joseph was a great character, right? And he goes through and he, he you know, he, he uh, resists Potiphar's wife, right? He shows forgiveness. He was a genius when it came to the famine. And of all the wonderful things that Joseph does, how is he remembered in Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 22, Hebrews 11, if you're familiar, is the hall of faith, right? Yeah. And it says, by faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Yeah, that is amazing. Of all the things that he is remembered for... That's what it was. My bones, it's, you know, and it's not as if he had some infatuation with uh, bones, you know, or anything like that. But that is remarkable with all of the ups and downs of Joseph's life, that that is what is entered into the book of Hebrews that we're to remember Joseph for. So for the next 400 years, in a coffin in Egypt lies Joseph's bones. Actually about 500 years. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah 500 years. His, his bones are there, right? 430 plus some, right? Yeah. So they're there, and it stands as a testament. All of the, the Israelites that are there, they're thinking like, it's, I think it's how we think today. Like, the Lord's coming back. The Lord's coming back. God will visit you. He'll get you out of this place. We're, we're in the same position, right? Like, we're longing for 
our promised land. There, mm-hmm. there are all kinds of parallels here. Mm-hmm. But for almost 500 years, Joseph's bones are sitting there as a reminder, mm-hmm. God will visit you and he will get you out of here. He will deliver you out of here. Yeah. And then he does. Yeah. And if we're, we're going to just skip ahead real quick to the end of the story so we can finish off the Joseph narrative because yeah. it, it shows up. As they are going out, this is in Exodus 13, 14, the Exodus, mm-hmm. the crossing the sea and all of that stuff, they don't forget something. They took Joseph with them. Yeah. They, they took, got his bones. They took his bones, <laughs> and, and they're walking around yeah. with the bones. It's what we call schlepping. Yeah. They're schlepping Joseph around, his bones, all over the place. Yeah, that would be a good band name. My, my band name would be called Schlepping Joseph. Yeah. They had schleprosy. Uh, that's cute. <laughs> but look, that, you, you have that picture... We've all seen the picture of, you know, the walls of water on both sides and Moses holding the staff, the people going through. I always wanted them to draw it in there. Somebody's carrying the bones of Joseph in there. Yeah, carrying his coffin. And, you know, they carried his coffin uh, not only through the Red Sea, but all the way for 40 years through the wilderness wanderings. They carried him through all of the conquests in Joshua into the land, uh, the promised land. And so... What actually happens with uh, Joseph's bones? Uh, where does the story end with that? It's all the way at the end of Joshua 24. Yeah. Joshua 24, verse 32, and it says, As for the bones of Joseph, which the people of Israel brought up from Egypt, they buried them at Shechem, in the piece of land that Jacob bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of money, and it became an inheritance of the descendants of Joseph. What's remarkable about that is when Jacob sent 17-year-old Joseph out to check on his brothers, he sent him up to Shechem. That's where he was supposed to find his brothers. And here, how many hundreds of years later, uh, we come full circle, and Joseph is finally buried in that place in Shechem where yeah. he went to look for his brothers. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Look at us. We have no self-control. Uh, <laughs> we, we didn't even get to <laughs> Exodus, barely. So we need, But we need to stop here because people are getting to work. Uh, their dinner is ready. Whatever it is that they've been doing for the last 26 minutes, they are now ready to move on to the next thing, and so are we. So we're going to stop right here. Uh, but look, here's, here's the message for us today. If we're going to apply the message of Joseph, uh, it's to remember that God is surely going to visit again and that we are yeah. called to be faithful, that this place, as much as you love your home, as much as you love the land that you live in, as much as I love the upper room of this beautiful barn, this place is not my home. Yeah. Hey, listen, and when he comes for us, you know, if you don't believe that, you can have my house and my car. Yeah, there you go. It's yours for free. I'll give you a good price. <laughs> So I won't hey, even look back and say, I told you so. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so that's it. That is uh, this first edition of the uh, Passover Chronicles, if we're going to call it that, uh, for this, this podcast session. And where we're going to pick it up next time is the beginning of Exodus, yeah. right? 430 years later, there is a new Pharaoh on the scene, and he's never heard of Joseph. Joseph Pharaoh who? who knew not Joseph. Is that what that coffin is over there? I, uh, it doesn't matter to him, right? Yeah. So we're going to get into that next time. So join us as we uh, go through this again. Thank you for listening to us here on the Jewish Road Podcast. Tell some friends. You can, what do they say? Like and subscribe? Is that YouTube? I don't know. Leave a comment. Rate things. Tell some people about us. Spread the word. We love doing this and uh, love that you're following us on the journey. So until we talk next time, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. 
Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They will prosper that love thee. All right. Shalom. Shalom. This is a lot of fun. <laughs>